Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Yes, welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo. With your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed. And it's Alhamdulillah, it is that segment of the program this evening where we have in the studio with us the Honorable Sheikh Riyad Fatar, who is the Imam of the Husami Mosque in Cravenby, as well as the first Deputy President at the Muslim Judicial Council. Now this evening we continue our discussion on the series on the lives of the Ashab. Now the listeners will remember that last week, Alhamdulillah, we spoke of uh, briefly one of the Sahaba, which was Adi ibn Khatim At-Tay, and I know Sheikh uh, indicated that it was uh, during a period of the ninth year of the Hijrah, and it was in a in the period also or the place of Jazira to Arabiya. Let me greet the Honorable Sheikh, and then we can continue. Uh, Sheikh, Assalamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salam, Rahmatullahi Taala wa Barakatuh. respected listeners, Ahla wa Sahla, Marhaban Bikum. Shukran Jazeelan Sheikh, once again as always for your time, we really do appreciate that. And uh, as I said, I've given the listeners some idea of, uh, you know, what we dealt with last week. So what can we look forward to uh, this evening, inshallah? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafi mursaleen, Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi jama'een. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasir li amri wa hlul uqadata min lisani afqa kawli. Respected listeners, tonight we have a little bit of time only, um, so we will try and go through as much as possible, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah. Inshallah ta'ala, tonight we speak about an honorable companion of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-Sahabi al-Jaleel al-Bara ibn Malik al-Ansari. Al-Bara ibn Malik al-Ansari. Um, he is the brother of the very famous Anas ibn Malik. Um, he was born in al Madina Al-Munawwara, grew up there until he had gone out as a young man to go and fight in the battle of Yamama. And so he had battled, he'd been in many battles until he had fallen martyr. So he's one of two brothers who lived for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, gave the pledge of allegiance to the Nabi alayhi salatu salam, and they kept their pledge throughout their lives mm-hmm. to the Nabi alayhi salatu salam. When we speak about Anas ibn Malik, that is his brother, then we will call to mind that um, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it was his mother that took him to the Nabi alayhi salatu salam at the age of 10 mm-hmm. and said, Ya Rasulullah, yes, uh, this is Anas, and Take him as your servant, take him as your helper in any which way that you feel you need to use, you use him. Mm-hmm. And then she asked the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam to make dua for Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And the Nabi alayhi did in fact, he brought him closer, kissed him between his eyes and made dua for him that Allah ta'ala must grant him wealth, Allah ta'ala must grant him many children. And that Allah Ta'ala should allow him or must grant him the Jannatul Firdaus. And Anas ibn Malik then got to live to, to the age of 99. Allah. And he indeed he did have plenty of, uh, of, of children and grandchildren uh, and he had quite the wealth. 
the second of these brothers and the one that we are speaking about tonight is Al-Bara ibn Malik. Al-Bara ibn Malik, this is a Sahabi that led a great, brave life. He had one motto in life only. Mm-hmm. And that is Allah and paradise. Allah and paradise. That's all. Allah and Jannah, that was the only thing that was on his mind. And and um, whoever could see him fighting in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be totally amazed. When Al-Bara ibn Malik was fighting the mushrikeen um, with his sword, then, you know, he wasn't one that was looking like he was looking for a victory. It wasn't one that is looking for a victory, uh, even though that was the end. But this was a person that was looking for martyrdom. This was a person that was looking for martyrdom. And he had such great hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would grant him that he would die a martyr. Aye. You know, uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for that reason, he never missed a battle. Mm-hmm. Never missed a battle of all. But this person, he didn't look like, uh, how would I say, look smart and so on. No, his hair looked disheveled. His appearance was unkempt. He was thin, wiry, little flesh on the bones. In actual fact, some of the historians says sometimes it was painful to look at him. Allah. <laughs> huh? But yet in single-handed combat, he defeated and killed many opponents. Mm. In the thick of battle, he was an outstanding fighter. He was so courageous to give an idea. And he was so daring that Sayyidina Umar anhu once wrote to all his, 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 his governors, and he told them, don't ever appoint Al-Bara ibn Malik as the leader in an army. Because he will have them all killed the way he did, daring the way that he is. <laughs> so that was yani, Al-Bara ibn Malik, brother of Anas ibn Malik, who was the personal aide of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. But the one and respected listeners, if we were to tell the tales or, 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 or speak about the heroism, of of this man then wallahi we will not be able to end but enough to say that the nabi had a great effect on him mm-hmm. this sahabi al-bara ibn malik raised educated by the nabi when what hubbu shahada love for martyrdom in the way of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to never ever give hope that allah will grant victory mm-hmm. Never, and that is the way. In Ashafak, he is also known as Mustajab dua in the hadith of the Nabi that his dua would always be accepted. In Ashafak, after one of the battles, his brother comes into him and he was laying on the bed and so on. And he looks at them and 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 and, and he says, What, what did you think I was going to die in bed? Mm-hmm. Never, that will never happen to Mm-mm. me. Allah is not going to deprive me of martyrdom. martyrdom yes. and, and, and in one battle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted that he killed 100 men in one battle. In, in one, one battle. battle alone. Yeah, if we fight one another, then we're tired. As we Afrikaans, it's kus. And this man, yani, he killed 100 men in one battle. So Al-Bara, his bravery was really seen in the day of Al-Yamama. Now mm-hmm. we've touched on this already, but I thought I'll refresh everybody's memories to who the person was that did. And his personality yani, was that of a hero. That of a hero. Boldness, courageousness, searched for martyrdom. Um, 
give you one idea of this. When uh, Abu Musa uh, al-Ash'ari, when he was sent uh, to uh, al-Basra mm-hmm. uh, to be the governor of, 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 of al-Basra, amongst the people that were sent with him was al-Bara ibn Malik. And when they got there, Abu Musa told them, right, okay, tell me whatever position you want in, mm-hmm. you know, administration, yes. governorship, and whatever the case may be. And he turns to him and he says, will you give me anything that I ask for? And he says, yes, I will give you whatever you ask for. Then he says, you know, I'm not interested in leadership. Neither am I interested in accumulating any wealth. Mm-hmm. But what you can do for me is give me my bow. Give me my horse. Give me my spear, give me my sword, and let me go in jihad fi sabilillah That Allah. is the type of person. And he would always be the first that is out there and so on. And in the battle of Yamama, the bravery of Al-Bara ibn Malik, his personality really came out as the hero. And that is why I'm telling you, and I repeat to the listeners, that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu says, uh, don't ever let this man lead the lead army. Your armies, yeah. He's going to lead them to their death. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of prayer. But let me give an example of that. And um, and and the story really starts after hours after the Nabi had gone uh, to the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there were many Arabian tribes that left off the deen of Islam. And just as they came in great numbers, they left in great numbers. And um, uh, the only people that remained was those from Makkah and Medina and Taif, scattered communities here and there. Um, but the rest left. So as I said, Abu Bakr, he then made a decision that he was going to follow up on this Murtadin. And those who have left with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some from the Muhajirin and Sar, he mobilized 11 armies each one under a separate commander, and this is how they send them out. The strongest uh, group of the apostates was from a tribe called Banu Hanifa. And amongst Banu Hanifa was a person by the name of Musaylama. Musaylama. Musaylama tul Kadhab. Musaylama the liar. He was an imposter. He claimed Nubuwa, claimed that he was a prophet. And Musaylama managed to muster up about 40,000 soldiers against the, against the Muslims. The Muslims. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, they didn't follow him because they thought that he was a prophet. Mm-hmm. They followed him because of lineage. They followed him because of tribal loyalty. And in actual fact, uh, one of the stable statements that was made, they said, I testify that Musaylama is, post- is an imposter. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Muhammad sallam, is a true but the imposter, Musaylama, is dearer to me than the true man of, uh, that Muhammad mm-hmm. is. So therefore, people knew that he was an imposter and so on. So the first group of army that comes to Musaylama, he thrashed him. Mm-hmm. That was under the leadership of Ikram ibn Abi Jahl. And then Sayyidina Abu Bakr sent who? Sent the main guy. Sent Khalid ibn Walid. Khalid ibn Walid, he came there with the cream of the Sahaba. Mm-hmm. From the Ansar, from the Mahajirin. In the front ranks was Al-Bara ibn Malik. Allah. Al-Bara ibn Malik was some of the most valiant of Muslims and so on. So the two armies, they met in a territory called Bani Hanifa. It's called Yamama. And before long, they were in serious battle with one another. The Muslim armies, they began to 
uh, uh, to retreat back to their positions and Musaylama's forces, they went so far that they even stormed the tent of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu Drove him from his birth, and they almost killed his wife if one of them had not granted her protection. Mm-hmm. So that is how strong and how far they went. So it was at this point that the Muslims realized the danger that they are in. It's a dangerous situation. They were also conscious of the fact that they are being annihilated. Mm-hmm. You know, they are being destroyed. And how is Islam going to stand up as a religion? And how is Allah Taala alone going to be worshipped? Um, if the Arabian Peninsula is going to be taken over by people like Musaylama. So Khalid ibn Walid, he mustered his forces once more again, reorganized, separated the Muhajirin and Ansar, and uh, different tribes, he kept the tribes together, those that belonged to this tribe together, and mm-hmm. whoever was from that tribe put them in charge of one another right. to see where is the losses coming from mm-hmm. and whatever. They, so the battle raged. There was destruction, there was death, and the Muslims had not experienced anything like this in all of the wars that they had. Uh, Musaylama's men remained firm, resilient. The 40,000. The 40,000, it was like they're an immovable mountain. Mm-hmm. That is how they were. Many of them had fallen, but it just looks like it doesn't happen. The Muslims, on the other hand, they showed feats of heroism. Thabit ibn Qais he was the flag bearer of the Ansar. This man went to the extent, this great Sahabi went to the extent, he dug a pit, put himself in it, and he fought in there until he was killed. So the pit that he dug at, at the end of the day became his became grave. Khattab was the brother of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab. He called out to the Muslims, he called out to the men, bite with your teeth, strike the enemy, and, 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 and by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not speaking to any one of you until this Musaylama is defeated, mm-hmm. or I meet Allah ta'ala, no. and he goes and charges in, and even he is killed. Another person by the name of Sa- Salim, who was in the service of uh, Abu Hudayfa, he was also a flag bearer, but this time for the Muhajirin, also displayed unexpected valor. In Ashafak people thought that he was too weak to go and fight. Mm-hmm. Same thing with him. Uh, in Ashafak, he was half of the Quran, and he, he was speaking to the Kuffar and was saying, if you overtake me, in other words, if I were to run away, then I'm not worthy of having this Quran mm. in my chest. And this is, and he also eventually also fell martyr. But the bravery of all of these, Tarihawan and listeners, wanes in the heroism of Al Bara ibn Malik, radiallahu ta'ala, ta'ala. Because as the battle grew fiercer, Khalid ibn Walid turned to Al Bara, radiallahu ta'ala, anhuma, and he tells him, Young man, yalla come, mm. go and fight. And Al-Bara ibn Malik, he turns to the Ansar, the people of Medina, and he says, not let, not, not let any one of you think you're returning to Medina. No one is returning to Medina. There's mm. no Medina for you after this. There's only Allah, Allah. in paradise. <laughs> There's Allah only Allah, Allah in the Jannah. And they launched the attack against the Mushrikeen. And they broke their their ranks, and 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 and, and eventually, the uh, men of Musaylama started to withdraw, and um, they sought refuge in a garden that came later to be known in history as the Garden of Death. 
garden of death for so many that have been killed mm-hmm. there. But it is more like a, 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 a castle kind of thing and so on. It was surrounded by high walls and so on. Salem's men, thousands of them, mm. went in there, closed the gates, fortified them from this position. They rained down on the Muslims with arrows and things like that. Then comes the valiant Al-Bara ibn Malik. And he tells everybody around me, I tell you what you do with me. You put me on a shield and you raise that shield on this, on your spears underneath that shield and you throw me over the wall Allah. into the garden. It's Allah. either I shall die a martyr or I open the gate for you. For you. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. So this thin and wiry Al-Bara ibn Malik, he is sitting on the shield a number of spears is raised under the shield and they throw him in the air and he goes over, over the, the wall, wall into the garden and he descended like the historian says he descended like a thunderbolt onto them fighting mm. them in front of the gate many fell to his sword and so on and he himself he sustained numerous wounds but yet he managed to open, open the, the gate. gate he managed and when that gate went open the Muslims went in. It's like floodgates opening. Mm-hmm. And this is how, and they went over the walls and there was a bitter fighting that took place there. Close quarters, hundreds killed. And finally the Muslims came to Musaylama and they killed him. So Al-Bara ibn Malik was then taken in a litter to Medina. Al-Madin al-Munawwara, Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhum, spent a month looking after him and tending his wounds and so on. And eventually his condition improved. And, and one must remember it was through him that the Muslims gained victory mm-hmm. over Musaylama. But after Al-Bara ibn Malik was, was healed of the wounds of Yamama, Russia off again into the next war, mm-hmm. into the next battle. Um... And the next two superpowers that was out there was the Romans and the Persians. Mm-hmm. The Romans and the Persians, they were the superpowers like we have superpowers today. They were unjust armies. They occupied the lands of the Arabs and so on unjustly, treated people unjustly. And, um, yani. So they was that the first time, Sheikh, that uh, uh, Al-Bara ibn Malik, that he fought under, under Khalid ibn Walid? Yes. And then in the, in the subsequent uh, wars that came after that? So Khalid ibn Walid now knew what, what his, cap- his capacity and capabilities were. There were many wars, but remember that Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu was replaced by Sayyidina Umar at the later stage. Okay. Was replaced by him. So, yani, uh, in one of the, 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 the Persian wars and the Iraqi wars, the Persians, they resorted to every means of barbarity. Mm-hmm. What they did was they got themselves confined into the uh, uh, castles. And because they couldn't beat the Muslims, they threw down chains that had been in the fire. Red hot chains with hooks at the bottom. And they would hook up the Muslims and the person would either die on his way up because... the the hooks and it's mm. red hot would go right through their bodies uh-huh. and will eat them up. They can't even get themselves loose because the chain that they take on is also red hot. Mm. Right? Yeah. 
No. So that was the situation that faced the Muslims by one of these castles. So Al-Bara ibn Malik and his great brother Anas ibn Malik anhuma, they were assigned together with some of the Muslims, they must go and deal with the castles. Unfortunately, one of these hooks and chains caught Anas ibn Malik. Mm-hmm. And Al-Bara ibn Malik, he can't even touch the chain. It is flaming hot. Really hot as, as Sheikh said, yes. Yeah, and, and Al-Bara ibn Malik sees his brother is being pulled up mm. by this chain and he runs and he jumps and he grabs the chain. And he manages, while the chain is being pulled, pulled up, up the castle wall, he grabbed the chains and he broke the chain and Anas ibn Malik was saved. And Al-Bara and him fell to the ground and when everybody rushed forward and when they took his hands, there was no more flesh on his hands. There was no, it was just bones. Mm-hmm. His hands, had, his flesh had all been burnt off his hands and, and, and this is how he saved his brother, his brother from being pulled up. And again, our hero went into slow treatment mm-hmm. till he was again healed. Tilly was again healed and um, yeah, ready for the next battle. One is almost want to say, um, is it and, not and, time and for this love of death to meet his martyrdom? Yes, but just to, I mean, Sheikh, I mean, when you started off, you, you almost kind of gave a description of Al-Bara ibn Malik. Uh, you know, and you, you described him as a very scrawny type of man, very thin, not, you know, like one would think when you speak of these heroes in Islam, you know, the, the big bulk. Bulky. Yeah, and, you know, full of muscle and all of this. And in contrast, you know, we find the Sahabi, who, who, he didn't look like this, but yet through his actions, Allah he, was, he was really saying it's Allah in paradise. That's it. You know, it is because Allah places that power in your body. Hmm. Allah Ta'ala is the one that grants you and, and, and that we must realize as a Muslim that whatever faces you, you might be thinking I'm so weak and I'm so nothing and I'm so this and I'm so that and I just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Your power will come from Allah Ta'ala. Allah will make you strong. Mm-hmm. And take that lesson from Al-Bara ibn Malik. He was thin, wiry, no flesh on his bones. But look at the amazing uh, bravery of such. So, yes. Um, we have about five minutes left. Yes, um, and here comes the battle where he would get his martyrdom. martyrdom. It is the Battle of Tustur, uh, where the Muslims and the Persian armies were again facing one another. And when he heard that they are fighting the Persians, it was almost like a feast for Al-Bara ibn Malik. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the leader of them was called Al-Ahwaz and of Persia. And Tamar, he, does the does the historian say at at, at what age? Uh, um, uh, they didn't mention oh, his didn't age. Mention age. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. The people of Al Ahwas and of Persia gathered in a large army to fight the Muslims. It means what I'm perceiving that the one Shema was arm of Muslims. It's swat just so that we can sit here today. Mm-hmm. That's so true, Sheikh. Allahu Akbar. What have we really sacrificed for the sake of Allah mm-hmm. Taala? We take so, everything for granted these true. days. Wallahi, and alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, when one looks in the world and you see how Muslims are oppressed, we thank Allah Ta'ala for living in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We can go to the masjid, we can say whatever we want on the mimbar. No, alhamdulillah, yes. rabbil alameen. Anyway, 
Um, so, yes, they now squaring off with the uh, uh, people of Persia. Al-Ahwaz is the leader. And this is the battle of Tustur, as Sheikh said. Tustur, yeah. Wow. And uh, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn Khattab, he rise to Sa'id ibn Abi Waqas in Kufa, and to Abu Musa al-Ashari in Basra, and he says, send armies from there to go and help. Right? Right. And uh, he, he says, make Suhail ibn Addi their leader, and send Al-Bara ibn Malik with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Therefore, coming from Kufa, they all met face to face with Al-Ahwaz, and the Persian armies, and they go into a fierce battle. Um, the two great brothers, Anas ibn Malik and Al-Bara ibn Malik, anhuma, they were among those soldiers. You know, the war mm-hmm. started, and and again, there was this dueling, and it was this war that Al-Bara ibn Malik killed a hundred of the Persian swordsmen. One hundred of them. Uh, the two armies joined in battle, and 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 those killed, they fell from both sides, and it was wallahi, it was in large numbers, and it was in this battle that the Sahaba came to Al Bara ibn Malik, mm-hmm. and they told him, "You remember the words of the Nabi alayhi ya Bara? The Nabi said, and I'm going to give the Arabic hadith when we end. Perhaps there is a person with uncombed, dusty hair that people will not look at." But if he swears by Allah, Allah will fulfill his dua. Huh? And then said the Nabi amongst them is Al-Bara ibn Malik. Mm. And they tell him, O oh Bara, swear by Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala must make us victorious. Us and he puts his arms up in the sky and he says, Ya Allah, render them defeated and make us victorious and let me meet my Nabi today. Allah Akbar It is said by historians that he took a very long look at his brother Anas ibn Malik on the battlefield and he was busy fighting near him as if he is saying goodbye and then the fighting intensified and the Muslims fought as nobody in the world had done before and they were clearly victorious and among the martyrs of the battle was Al-Bara ibn Malik it is said that when they came to him, he had a happy smile on his Very face. Nice. His right hand was full of, of, of sand soaked with his blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sword was laying beside him. And one actually wants to say, finally the traveler has arrived at home. You know, but that is also almost his final dua. You see, exactly, I want to meet my Nabi exactly. today. So together with all his other brother martyrs, they ended their journey, their noble and their great journey. And on the day of Yom Al-Qiyamah, it will be cried out to them and we said to them, this is the paradise which you have inherited for what you did. Mm-hmm. So Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Let me just end up with that hadith, Habibi. Of, um, uh, do we have time? Yes, Sheikh. Um, is how was Al-Bara ibn Malik with the other Sahaba? Now, his brother Anas ibn Malik, عنه, he quotes this hadith of Ubay ibn Ka'b, uh, that he came to Al-Bara ibn Malik one day and came to visit him, and Al-Bara ibn Malik said to him, what do you feel like, what do you want to have? Yeah. And he says, man, I just want something to drink and some dates. So he went somewhere and he brought him this, and he ate and he drank and was, you know, mm-hmm. satisfied. So Al-Bara ibn Malik then went to the Nabi and told him 
وتيتان أن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام ستهم إعلم يا براء أن المرأة إذا فعل ذلك بأخيه لوجه الله لا يريد بذلك جزاء جزاء ولا شكورا that when a person does this to his brother and does it simply for the sake of Allah Ta'ala is not looking for reward is not looking for thanks from the person then Allah Ta'ala listen carefully Jamaatul Muslimin listen carefully respected listeners when a person gives something to somebody to satisfy his need at the time says the Nabi Allah Ta'ala sends to his house ten malaika that stays in his house and praises Allah Ta'ala, make Allah high, say La ilaha illallah, they say takbir, and they seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for that person for a period of 12 months. Allah Akbar. And if the, and if the, if the, if the year is finished, then it is written for him all that ibadah that the malaika had done for that 12 months, then it is written for that person. And Allah Ta'ala guarantees for that person the best of food, of the Jannah and a Malik that will be appointed to be by his side. On the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, he says, Kala Rasulullah sallam, Kam min ash'atha aghbara di tumrain La yu'bahu lahu Law aqsama ala Allahi la abarrahum minhum Al-Bara ibn Malik The Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said And we must take note of these people that come to our house when we speak about this hadith. How many are there with disabled hair covered with dust, possessing two cross whom no one pays any attention to? Mm. If he swears by Allah, then Allah shall fulfill it. If he makes dua to Allah, Allah will fulfill it. And among them, said the Nabi is Al-Bara oh. ibn Malik. With the Ridwan, respected listeners, all those that are sick, Allah Ta'ala grant them all shifa. Amen, all those that have passed on, Allah Ta'ala grant them jannatul firdaus. May Allah Ta'ala make us all min al-muttaqeen, wa min al-muhsineen, wa min ibadah al-salihin. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. This is the Honorable Sheikh Riyad Fatar.